Busan army rising. The church is the breathing grounds for raising godly men and women who are willing to apply kingdom principles and values to bring transformation to their respective societies. We need to have a national focus. We don't have to lose this ambition or else we work against the Great Commission. They are equipped in righteousness. Unless our righteousness exceeds those who just know ABC and surprise others to do, but they don't do. Unless we see that. We pray for God to raise right ministers in our nations. We pray for God to raise right task collectors. We pray for God to raise right security agents. They are bold and fearless. Standing your ground when the battle has been heated to such an extent that everyone is running away. But we don't quit. But we know no defeat. The agenda to possess the nations. Welcome to an equipping center of the word and prayer on Pentecost Hour. Stay tuned in. Hallelujah. Amen. Many thanks to the Almighty God for yet another opportunity to sit at his feet. So we want to continue looking at the topic the family and endangered institution. So let us connect to last week's message by reminding ourselves of the second accession by this lady we have been discussing. Her second accession. Now, so quote and unquote. If ever I choose to marry and the relationship goes bad, I shall not be trapped in it. We are hardly blind. We see what marriage has done to our parents and to others, and we do not like what we see. Wo abaya neka semuno and semo kanya nubi ene se se ayi mi se mi unwaria na se yankufa mi woman mi dekwa warieni mumpo eto esani mwa mi kuswa entinem she meni anase yeni mfrai yuhunu ni awaria aye ya wofu eni ebinum na ni aye yuhunu no yempe yuhunu no yempe. We do not like what we see. See, it is significant to note that many people are yearning for living examples of people who live in harmony and radiate marital happiness and optimism. Now look at this picture. If your marriage is not good, when you look at them, you envy them. There's something about man, woman, husband, wife. That is beautiful. You see, if apart from Jesus, who is the savior of the world and the Holy Spirit Jesus gave to the church, if there's anything good for me that God has given mankind, then it is marriage. Mm. 
<laughs> you think about it. Why are you way home? I'm saying to me. So if it's not to you, don't worry. Hey, <laughs> In fact, what the world is asking for is not another lecture on marriage. No, not another lecture on marriage and family life. Yeah, not be, at all. And yet, an authentic marriage and family life. I don't think this lady is against God. I don't believe she's against the institution of marriage either. But what she is seeing is affecting her perception about the institution called marriage and, and by extension family life how do we as christians respond to her quests how do we prove to her and the world that god is not a liar and that marriage is good and whoever finds a spouse finds favor with the Lord as the scripture has said. Now brothers, who will stand bail for God? Who will stand bail for God? Who is his witness. Who will come to his defense? It is not enough to say, Lord, I love you. When people are castigating him here, left and right, and they are saying that he gave us something evil, who will be his defense? See, the primary role of the disciples were to be witnesses to the fulfillment of scripture in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Let me repeat that. And it is on the screen. Now I want us to read together if you can. The primary role of the disciples were to be witnesses to the fulfillment of scripture in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. If that was their primary agenda, ours should be the same. See, and the power of the Holy Spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost was to quicken them to do just that. How do I know it? We go back to our most powerful Pentecostal scripture. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power. The ability to do. The ability to have good marriage. The ability to live a sanctified life in the midst of an unsanctified world. The power to be a man among men. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you be my witness. That is why I'm saying that the primary goal and role of the disciples was to be witnesses of Christ. But I want to talk a bit about the legacy of the resurrection. Still looking at we being witnesses. Because I want us to determine to stand in bail for God. Let us rise and come to his defense that God is not a liar. So remember that the promise of the Holy Spirit was given by Jesus before he ascended. And Dr. Luke dwelled more on it in his first book. Luke chapter 24. From 45 through 49. Luke 24, 45 through 49. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Remember that he says, this is what is written. And what is written is a law. It is the truth. I'll come back to this. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And then look at verse 48. You are witnesses of these things. Full stop. 48. This one is standing on his own. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. See, from this teaching, Jesus was trying to let the disciples know about the legacy, the resurrection, or to live on earth. Yes, that is beautiful. If we limit the proof of the resurrection 
to the empty grave. It will be problematic in our generation. Many of us who have money to go to Israel to even go and check whether actually the grave is empty. And if they show that this is the grave, how will you prove that this was where Jesus lived? Even then, the disciples saw the grave empty. Empty indeed. Yet, they still had some doubts even them. They more readily believed that the body had been stolen. How much less our generation? Their doubts were, however, cleared when Jesus continued to manifest himself to them for a proof that he is risen. I'm not saying that the grave was not empty. Yes, the grave was and is still empty. But we need something more than the empty grave to prove that Jesus is alive and that his word is true. See, the real generational proof of the resurrection, I believe, is what the master himself said here in Luke chapter 24. And this man beats all arguments. Let's go back to Luke 24 and let's start from 45. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Now this has to do with the two disciples on their way to Amos that he went to their home ate with them and the Bible says he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them this is what is written. So what is written is the truth. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. So, as of the time he was talking to them, this one had come to pass. And what that means is that thereafter, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. See, that is why in the name of Jesus, many things were happening as Peter and Cole were preaching. 
In the name of Jesus, the Sanhedrin were confused because if the man were dead, why is his name raising the dead? the preaching in the name of Jesus. Hmm. Number two. You are witnesses of these things. What this means is that the Christian is going to be the testimony of the resurrection. We have to prove that what God has said is correct. The third one is I'm going to send you what my father has promised. You see, so on the day of Pentecost, when people were Thinking that they were drunk, Peter said, Hey, don't think that we are drunk. This is what Jesus said. That when he ascends to the Father, he will send us the promise. So, so far as Peter and Co were concerned, the coming of the Holy Spirit is an evidence that Jesus has arrived in heaven. Time that we speak about the Holy Spirit, what it means is that Jesus, one Jesus came to die. He was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day. He ascended into heaven and from heaven came the Holy Spirit. This is a proof of the resurrection. No arguments, no generation, no generation. Unless the Holy Spirit dies and he is a creator God, he will never die. But for the sake of our message, I will dwell on you are witnesses of these things. Maybe on a good Easter Sunday, I'll talk about other three. But let's dwell on you are witnesses. So who is a witness? A person who sees an event. He sees an event. A witness is a person who has knowledge of an event from observation and experience. So someone who sees an event or someone who knows of an event. The third definition that I want us to dwell on is one who has evidence or proof of a matter. 
Etoso mi ensani ye obi a owa adie bi ho nyaso. So such that you could give demonstration of it by action. Na owa asem no nyaso am obetumi di bibi ana ayedie bi akirem. You see um there were these two ladies who fought in the market. Now they fought fiercely. So they were apprehended by the police. Three friends of one um, went to the husband's house uh, offering themselves to be witnesses. Hmm. They offered themselves to testify to or to afford evidence of the case. To the lawyer of the lady decided to seek information from these three friends. As to what really happened. Before they presented themselves as formal witnesses. So the lawyer started interrogating. Her first question to the three of them was simple. Did you see them fight? Now, all of them are also sellers. They were neighbors. I mean, they have their shops around. So they all lifted their hands and they said, We all saw it. Hey, the way they were fighting. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and they said, Do you know the cause of this brow? One of them said, oh, when I got there, <laughs> the fight was almost complete. And I won't finished fight. And so the second and the third witness, they gave the reason why they fought. It has to do with some money. But to them, they have been crying over this money over one year and somehow they were not surprised it had to end the way it ended. So the first one has been effectively eliminated. So then the lawyer asked the two, are you sure of what you are telling me? How do you prove that what you are saying is the truth? The third one said, it. Listen, this cut on my forehead. When they were fighting, I tried to separate them. And then I had this cut. Then the second one said, yes, I know that if I saw them, I know, I saw them, I know, I saw them. This one said, I saw them, I know, but this is my proof. 
ni atosu mienu ni se mi hui mi hui mi hui mi hui se wako nanso yotosu mienu ni se mi hui se wako diye nanso wei ene kama metu media yi nanso which of these three qualifies to be a true witness any papa say wo mu hui ene wujidi se ese se oye or dance for papa anyway yo we have to be thinking about it you see First John chapter one verse one to five says this. First John one from one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This is what we proclaim concerning the word of life. Verse 4. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Na kasea yeti yeno ena yebom edi achiremu ise onyankopon ye han na esum biara eninimu. Now how is he confident? Why is he saying that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all? Adinti no di akukuduro e kan yie se onyankopon ye han na esum biara eninimu. You see because John is saying this. Pansa ni ayohona e kan eni. Which we heard from the beginning he heard. Which we have seen with our eyes. So we didn't just hear, we saw with our, our naked eyes. And we didn't just see, we looked at it. So they saw, but they got closer and looked at it. That was not enough. And our hands have touched. We have had experience of him. So we are telling you that God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. That is what he is trying to say. He has a proof of who the light is. Who God Jesus is. Who he is. You see brothers, it is not enough to see Jesus like the Samaritan woman it is not enough to know and teach about Jesus like Apollos would do. The word must be made flesh. Men should be able to see it. They should be able to look at it. And they should be able to touch it. They should be able to experience it. It is not enough to say marriages are good. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Let the world see. Let them look at it. Let them experience it. By your marital life. Because you are a witness. You have to stand in bail for God. You are a witness. So prove it. 
Prove it. Prove it. Prove it, please. There must be evidence of what we profess. There must be evidence of what we profess. As witnesses. We need to give demonstration of our belief. We need to give a demonstration of our belief by action. That makes a true witness. See, the true witness goes to court to give or afford evidence of a matter in defense of someone. So, in much the same way, we need to by our marital life and our family life afford evidence in defense of God and his words. Are we together? Do you understand what God is telling us? Whether marriage becomes a blessing or a torment depends on the two people involved and not because God has given us something evil, no. Can we read together? Whether marriage becomes a blessing or torment depends on the couple involved and not because God has given us something evil known. We then as Christians should protect the institution of marriage. Our marriages should prove God right. That marriage is good. And that anyone who finds a spouse finds favor with the Lord. We need to do this for the sake of people like the lady in question. And then salvage this generation for our God. See, brothers, we are the light of the world. If the light goes off, it puts the whole world in jeopardy. Many people, brothers and sisters, are yearning for living examples of people who live in harmony and radiate marital happiness and optimism. Now, take this big one. When we lead responsible and exemplary marital lives, we have opportunity to at least do two things. We have opportunity to influence both our neighbors' marriages and the future marriages of our children. It has generally been observed that a world disciplined and godly family speaks more about the church and Christ than all the sermons that can be preached. 
It is because of this that the primary role of the disciple is to be a witness. When I went to Agunansaba, the old ladies actually taught me Christianity. You see, I knew scripture and I knew so many things, but these ladies, they didn't even bother about all the Greek terms that I was talking about. Those days, I used to talk about Greek terms and all that, and I would ask them to be repeating. I said, my friend, yeah. <laughs> and then, but, but, but their life. They taught me Christianity. <laughs> so I saw one pastor who was also doing like I used to do. As I said, your church. <laughs> I mean, just these things, have them at the background. Let them help you at home. But when you come to church, Kachi, Kambrofu. Unless you are a teacher of that language and you are in school, but don't disturb them with that. Proof by your lifestyle. It's Christian. But as I bring today's message to a close, I want to ask you this question. Is God a liar? Is marriage something good? You are a witness. Is God a liar? Do you think that the institution of marriage is good? Let us bail him out. Let us stand bail for him. Let us rise by oceans in defense of the mighty one. Shall we rise to our feet if you can? Then just, you, you can also kneel down wherever you are if you can. Any posture that you want to adopt in prayer, I will be good. But let us pray. Subscribe to our social media handles for life transforming messages.